You're listening to the Highland Ministry Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Highland Baptist Church, please visit our website at hbcmolino.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Josh Helton. Some of y'all got nervous when I started to walk up here. You're like, it's, it's special music time. What's he doing? I promise I'm just going to preach. That'll be it. I ain't, ain't going to do that to y'all. Not yet. Um, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to uh, Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 is, uh, as we continue in uh, the Sermon on the Mount uh, this morning, as, as we're walking through uh, just these, these passages that, that Jesus talked about and uh, the things that he dealt with um, I've entitled this message uh, this morning, and, and all the we're, we're going to have several parts to this message uh, because of what Jesus is dealing with here. I've entitled those Matters of the Heart. Uh, so this is going to be part one. Uh, if you're a note taker and you want to keep track of all these things, Matters of the Heart, part one, uh, is, is where we're going to be at this morning. Before we get into the text, let me pray for us. Father, we... We come to you this morning with expectations. And Lord, we, we thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, we thank you for your word that we get to read out of this morning. But Lord, not all the words that are written are easy to hear. And so Lord, I pray that today the words that are heard, the words that are spoken from this pulpit would be your words. As we look at the truths hidden in your truth that you've given us, Father. So Lord, help us to hear it. Help us to apply it. Help us to use it to draw closer to you and reach the people that you've put in front of us. Lord, hide me behind the cross. Allow me to speak, speak freely and boldly, but only to speak your words. And we'll give you the glory for everything you say and do in this place. In your holy name I pray. Amen. So last week we looked at, uh, Jesus was talking about the importance of Scripture. Uh, we looked at uh, his view of Scripture and he, he told us, he said, uh, or he told the disciples and, and we saw the, the fact that he said, I didn't come to do away with the law. I didn't come to do away with this. I came to fulfill the law. And so uh, it's, it's one of those things that it kind of continues. I told you if you just read the Sermon on the Mount, it feels like a bunch of different little bits and pieces uh, but they're all connected, and, and I'm continuing to see uh, those connections uh, as we're studying through uh, this message that Jesus shared. But last week, we talked about that importance of Scripture, and we left off on verse 20, uh, and, and Jesus said that, For I say to you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus has already set the stage for what he's about to share uh, with those that are listening to him. And he said, Hey... If your righteousness doesn't pass the religious leaders of the day, if you don't get to a place where you have a relationship with God instead of just a religion that talks about God, uh, then heaven is not your home. You will not be a part of that family. And so Jesus is not really holding back with any of this. He is speaking to them. Uh, truthfully, he's laying it out there and saying, hey guys, this is, this is what it is. Uh, and so we're, we're about to walk into a, a part that 
lots of Bibles may title them totally different. But this section in my Bible talks about personal relationships. But really what Jesus did is he took six of the Old Testament laws, just six of them. There's a lot more. This is not an exhaustive list that he gives us. But he picked six of the laws and he talked about the interpretation of those laws. And so as, as we're reading through this, you're going to, over the next several weeks, you're going to hear this phrase, you have heard that, uh, been, but then he always follows that up with, but I say to you. And so he's going to present a law that they've heard about. Now the interesting thing in this time, and we actually um, talked about this a little bit in Sunday school this morning, the interesting thing about this is the laws that they were given were spoken to them. They trusted the religious leaders of the day to interpret these laws and help them to understand them and apply them to their lives. And so Jesus is going to uh, not really contradict the law, but kind of build on what it is that they've seen. Because what they did in that day is they just read it for what it was worth. They said, hey, here's the law. Don't do that. But Jesus said there's a deeper meaning to all of these laws. There's something greater that falls in these. It's not just talking about murder, which is what we're going to look at today. But it's the intentions behind that. It's, it's, it's a heart matter. Every one of these next six things that we're going to walk through all deal with matters of the heart. And Jesus is trying to get his followers to understand the law is there. And I told y'all last week, the law speaks about a lot more than we ever give it credit for. But the law is there to guide us. But just because you're reading the words doesn't mean that you're following the law necessarily. And that's what Jesus was talking about here. He's like, you've heard it said this way, but I'm going to tell you that there is more to it uh, than that. Dallas Willard said this. He said, actions do not emerge from nothing. They faithfully reveal what is in the heart. Actions do not emerge from nothing. They faithfully reveal what is in the heart. And that's what Jesus is trying to point to here. Uh, he, he was showing us that uh, for interpreting Scripture and, and looking at these six laws that he does talk about and, and showing that it's more than just a list of things that you can't do, uh, but it's, it's how, uh, rather it's how God expects us to look at his character and emulate that through these laws. See, there's characteristics of God in every one of these laws. And oftentimes we miss that because we just look at the Ten Commandments and go, okay, well, yeah, I can check off a lot of those because I haven't done those things, so to speak. But Jesus challenges that mindset here uh, as we begin in these, over these next few weeks, we're going to see uh, Jesus kind of walk through some of those laws and break those down even further than just how they are written in word. So Matthew chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 21 uh, this morning. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there with us. Matthew 5 verse 21, and it says this, You have heard that the ancients were told, you shall not commit murder, and whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. Jesus quotes the verse. He says, hey, you, you, you shall not commit murder, which is accurate. That was something that they spelled out. You shall not commit murder. That was accurate there. He said, so you've heard that the ancients were told you shall not commit murder, and whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. He said, but I say to you 
that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. So Jesus takes murder and adds in anger to that. Now some of y'all would look and say, well Josh, that could very well contradict itself. The first point of our message today is righteous anger versus unrighteous anger. Because you can find where anger is talked about in a non-negative way in Scripture. A lot of times anger is talked about negatively because we have trouble controlling that. But if you look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 and 27, it says this. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says, Be angry and yet do not sin. Well, we're over here we're talking about murder and and Jesus said in verse 22, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And so we're looking and going, okay, well, well, what is this? Jesus said, don't be angry with your brother. But over here in the letter to the church at Ephesus, Paul says, be angry and yet do not sin. Well, the reality of it is a lot of us struggle with the last part of that. Most of us don't have a problem getting angry, myself included. Some of y'all, that may be how you've been identified by people that know you well as, hey, that one's, that one's hot-headed. That one's got a temper. That one, you can, you can get under their skin real easy. Anger is an emotion. And it's okay if it doesn't lead to sin. But oftentimes, we don't deal with anger the way that Paul continues to spell out in these verses. We just go, hey, I'm angry, and I'm going to deal with it that way how I want to. But no, it says, be angry, and yet do not sin. And he gives two different ways, uh, two different stipulations to make sure your anger doesn't turn into sin. He said, do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. And so here, uh, Paul in his letters is saying it's, there's, there's a correct way to deal with anger. So I want us to start off by understanding that it, anger can be a problem, but it can also fit into everyday life and not be sinful. And that's hard for us to understand that. It's hard for us to grasp this idea because there's a fine line between letting your anger and that appropriate reaction, a very valid reaction that can happen when people do us wrong, when bad things happen, when, when uh, they, they wrong our, our, our God, and when they do those things. Anger is okay as long as you don't allow it to grow into sin. And Paul says, you've got to make sure that you take care of it. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And then you can't let Satan use that to drive you away from that person. See, and that's where we struggle. We look at this and we go, hey, the Bible says it's okay to be angry. Yeah, the Bible says it's okay to be angry if you don't allow it to grow into sin. But so many times, we deal with what Jesus is talking about over here in Matthew chapter 5 with the fact that we have unrighteous anger. We don't have anger that, that, that we're dealing with properly. We have uh, these, these issues with people and we, we let it grow and we let it affect our relationship with them. And Jesus walks through, he actually gives three different levels there. And, and to me, in, in verse 22, we see that anger grow from where it started, which was just an issue between you and a person. 
And it said, he said there, he said in verse 22, it says, But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. He's saying, hey, it's, he measured that with murder. He's like, hey, you're, you're, you're going to allow this anger to sit in your heart and it's going to become a problem. But it's not just going to stop there because anger doesn't just enter into us and then just stay stagnant until we deal with it. Anger grows as we let it reside. That's why Paul said, hey, don't let the sun go down on your anger. He said, you got to deal with it quickly or it's just going to grow and it's going to spiral, snowball down, down the hill. It's going to spiral out of hand. And it says, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And then he takes it a step further and says, whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing. Now we've gone from angry to name calling. Whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. So we're now taking it a step further. We're looking at the, uh, not just, hey, this could be an issue here because you're angry with your brother. Now you're name calling because of your anger and you're allowing that relationship to be split up with, with that person. And so now you're even liable to a higher standard. But then he takes it one step further. It says, and whoever says you fool... Now we've gone from just saying, hey, they really aren't good for anything to now that we're, we're completely casting them off. We're, we're going, we're pulling out the punches. And, and for some of y'all, you're like, hey, fool's really not. Uh, but in that day and time, what the, the understanding of that word was like, you, you really have zero value. Your life is not worth anything. You're just a fool. It says... Whoever says you fool shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. And I think what Jesus is trying to get the folks to understand here that are listening there on that mountainside is that if we don't deal with our anger, guess what? It's just going to continue to fester and grow. And it's going to become a problem between us and that person. And guess what? If it becomes a problem between us and them, it's going to become a greater problem across the board. Because whether we like it or not, our relationship with everyone affects our relationship with everybody else. Even your relationship with God. And that's what Jesus is trying to highlight here. Is that you can't just assume that I can be angry with this person and never deal with it. And be okay with God. I don't see that. That isn't spelled out to me in the way that I read this scripture here. So there's a difference in a righteous anger and an unrighteous anger. A righteous anger is one that we deal with quickly and we make sure that Satan can't use it to lead us to hurt people. See, what anger often does to us is it dehumanizes people. It makes us look at them and we don't see them the same way that God does. We don't see them with that same value that God does. When I'm angry with somebody, I don't care what happens to them. Which is a problem. Because Jesus tells us in multiple places and God tells us in other places throughout Scripture that I'm called to love my neighbor, not just the ones who do me right. I'm called to love them all. And when, when I have a hatred towards people because of the anger that I have there, I'm not doing what it is that I'm called to do, which means I'm being disobedient, which means that my relationship with God is not where it's supposed to be, even if I'm okay with being angry at that person. That's not right. 
That's not the way that we're supposed to live. We're not supposed to allow those things to come between us. That's why Paul said you've got to deal with it quickly. And you've got to make sure that you don't allow that to be a toehold for Satan because he'll use anything he can to drive God's people apart. He's going to do any, use anything he can to make sure that the church doesn't grow and it doesn't reach the people outside these walls. And a great way to do that is to divide the people on the inside. Because when, when the family doesn't get along, then nobody wants to be a part of that, right? And they look and go, hey, you know, they got issues just like we do. They're right, we do. But we have God as our mediator. We have God who tells us what's right and what's wrong. And if you're anything like me, this week, you got to look and go, okay, Lord, I hear you. The hard part, see, I was looking forward to the beginning part of, of this series. I really was. Sermon on the Mount, getting to talk about those characteristics and getting to talk about uh, just being the salt and the light in the world and, and what Jesus taught about Scripture and stuff like that. And now we're already into the heavy stuff. And I'm like, okay, Lord. This is not stuff that I'm immune to either. I'm walking through this and going, okay, Josh, what phone calls do I have to make? Who do I need to go see? What do I need to deal with to make sure that I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do? Because the problem with, with anger, and, and I know we started talking about murder. But Jesus said anger is just as bad because what happens is when we're angry with somebody, we've already murdered them in our heart. They're dead to us. Until we run across them again and then we kill them again. Because we didn't want to deal with that. They still hadn't apologized. There's a really good chance that they don't even know what's going on. There's a really good chance that, that we're angry with somebody because they've done something wrong and we've not been able to let it go and they have no clue. Or maybe they do and they just don't care. And so we just sit and we stew about it. And we allow it to affect everything that we do because we're not willing to deal with it. And so we'll never move forward. We'll never grow personally. We'll never be where God wants us to be. We'll miss out on blessings. We'll miss out on opportunities to reach people. You're sitting there going, I don't understand why these things are happening. Well, maybe it's because God's trying to get your attention for where you are. And he's saying, I need you to be with me, which means giving me everything even that anger closet that you got over there. There's a difference in righteous anger and unrighteous anger. Unless it happened today, if you're still holding on to it, there's a really good chance that it's unrighteous anger. Because Scripture told us what we're supposed to do with it. We're supposed to deal with it before we go to bed. Because you give it enough time and now you're like, well, it's, it's been too long, Josh. I can't deal with that. It's been 20 years. Hey, we, we ain't even worried about that. They may not even have the same number. They may not live in the same place. Or, you know, I don't have to worry about running across them. It's, it's been long enough that I, I'm not even going to bring that up. But it's affecting you. Maybe it's just been two days. Maybe it's been two weeks. If it didn't happen today, Scripture said you should have already dealt with it. Because Satan's going to use it if we let him. And you might say, Josh, I'm not going to let Satan use that. <laughs> but I can only tell you how many times I said that. And guess what? He used it anyways. 
Because a lot of times I try to fight to fight myself. I try to fight my own battles. And when I do that, Satan pulls out the big guns and he's like, yeah, you're not strong enough. And he's right. Because I'm not. And I allow that anger to be what divides me from somebody he may want me to reach. Or somebody that's just there and I just need to, just to, even if I don't have to have that relationship with them, I've got to make it right so that I can move forward with him. So Jesus gave us some very harsh words about anger here. Everyone who has anger with his brother shall be guilty before the court. Whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whoever says you fool shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. If we don't deal with anger, if we don't deal with those hurts, if we don't deal with those things, guess what? They're going to snowball. And we're going to have some really, really strong resentment for that person until we deal with it. And what I've learned in life is it doesn't ever just magically go away. For some reason, I can forget a lot of things. I really struggle when somebody's done me wrong. I can't forget those things. I might forget a pin number on a debit card. I might forget a, a birthday or an anniversary. I might forget certain things, but I can't forget when somebody's done me wrong. For some reason, it just never goes away. It holds on. That's why we got to deal with it quickly to make sure that it doesn't cause us issues moving forward. The rest of this passage actually... It gives us a couple of illustrations because Jesus does that. He not, he, he'll throw those things out there, but he's, he, he's really good at giving you some illustrations and saying, hey, this, this is, this is kind of some ways that, that we got to deal with this here. And the, the remaining four verses of this passage, 23 through 26, deals with uh, two different illustrations and kind of looks at the importance of rec reconciliation. The importance of reconciliation the first illustration he gives us is in verse 23. It says, therefore, and that's how you know it's, hey, we've, I presented all of this. Your Bible may say so. Mine says, therefore. It says, hey, I've given you this stuff. And that's, that's a lot to chew on because I'm talking about anger and, and what it can cause and how it's going to snowball on down this hill. And he says, therefore, if you're presenting your offering at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. See, and what that tells me is that worship can't happen when our hearts aren't right. Worship can't happen with Christ when our hearts are not right. And he said, hey, Jesus is like, leave the church service. He said, if, if, if something's wrong, he said, leave the offering there. He said, because I'm not listening to that right now. And go make it right with that person. He said, then you can come back and we can have an intimate moment with that offering. We can have an intimate moment in that conversation. We can do those things after the fact. But he said, first, you've got to deal with the issue that is causing you heart pains. You've got to deal with those struggles. You've got to deal with that anger that's happening because right now it's driving a wedge between me and you. He said, if it comes to mind that when you lay that offering there, that there's something going on, you need to go deal with it. 
You need to take care of it. Because right now, you are not in the place where you can really hear from me because you're concerned about that. You're not in a place where you can understand what it is that I'm trying to show you because you're concerned with an issue that's going on. We've got to be willing to have that conversation. I had a conversation earlier about the, the fact that the further we get into this technology generation, the harder it is for us to have conversations. It's so easy for us to hide behind a keyboard and type things in a text message or an email. It's so easy for us to hide behind those things and, and people just read into what it is that we're showing or what it is that we're saying there. And so often things get misunderstood. So often the intention is not seen there. And so we struggle having conversations. And when we struggle having conversations, we struggle having disagreements with people. You don't have to agree on everything. God didn't make us that way. That we'd all just agree. Because it'd be a really boring place if that's the way we were. We're all created differently. And so it's okay for us to have differences. It's okay for you and I to see things differently. That's fine. But we got to be adults and talk about it. We got to be mature enough that we can look and go, you know what, just because he sees something differently than I do doesn't mean that I'm going to let that grow in between that relationship. I've got to do the same thing for you because guess what? Whether we see things eye to eye or not, I'm called to shepherd this church. That's the job that God gave me. And why he would ever give me a job like that, that's a discussion for a totally different day. Qualified, probably not. Grateful and blessed, yes. That's exactly what we are to get to do what it is we get to do. But my job is to shepherd everybody here. Do we all agree on things? No. Next week, not every one of y'all will be rooting for Alabama. Some of y'all are going to root for Middle Tennessee. We're going to disagree on that. I'm going to watch Kyle's game on Sunday, and I may or may not root for LSU. I haven't made up my mind yet. Depends on how nice he is this week. We can have disagreements, even the fun ones. We can have those things, but we got to be adults enough to look and go, hey, it's okay for you not to agree with me. It's okay for you to be different. Because let me, let me be honest with you, I don't want a bunch of Joshes around the world. That's, I already get blamed enough for the two that I have that, uh, that we've, we've made. It's, when, when they act like me, I'm, believe me, I'm told. I'm told that they're acting like me. We don't need any more than that. It's okay for us to have differences. It's okay for us not to see eye to eye on everything. But what's not okay is for us to let those differences grow into anger and then hatred and spite and resentment and allow us not to be able to work for the kingdom together. Because no matter what it is that we have, our differences... They're, they don't devalue either one of us to be able to do God's work together. So that's what we're here for. That's the reason we gather. That's the reason we spend time together. That's the reason that, that we were called here was to further God's kingdom through His church here in Molino. And what we want to do is we want to work with y'all and everybody else that God's calling to Highland to do that work together. We're not all going to agree on everything. We look to Him. 
and we allow it to work. And even if we disagree on things and we say, well, this is, this is what it is that God desires, then we can do his work together. But we gotta make sure that it doesn't come between us. Not, we're not just hurting ourselves. It's not that we're losing a relationship that we could take or leave. We're hurting what it is that God desires to do through his church. We're hurting the people that we're supposed to reach. We're affecting all the other relationships because when, our, when we can't love other people, we can't truly say that we fully love God. And that's just the reality of it. So he said, if you're presenting, presenting your offering at the altar and remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. Be reconciled. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. That's the first one. First illustration he gives us that worship can't happen when our hearts are not right. The second one that he gives us is in verses 25 and 26. And it says, make friends quickly with your opponent at law while you are with him on the way so that your opponent may not hand you over to the judge and the judge to the officer and you be thrown into prison. Truly I say to you, you will not come out of there until you have paid up the last cent. I'll be honest with you, I had to do a little bit of reading into this one. Because he transitioned from brother to opponent uh, at law here. And so really the ultimate thing that he is talking about here is we've got to settle our differences before it's too late. And so he uses this illustration. He says, hey, while you're walking to the courtroom, if you have the opportunity, you need to make it right before it ever goes before a judge. Because when it goes to the judge, guess what? Now you're going to have to do whatever the judge throws out at you. Whatever that judge, that jury says, that's what you're going to be held liable for now. Now, you may have just had a disagreement with your brother. You may have just had something that was small and significant, but you couldn't agree on it, and somebody had to make a decision. And so now you've gone to court with it, and the courts have decided, guess what? It could affect future generations of your family because it could cost you dearly. Not only could it cost you time, it could also cost you money. And so what Jesus is talking about here is not necessarily the court system in itself, but what he's talking about is you've got to be adult enough, you've got to be mature enough to be willing to handle this stuff because if you let somebody else make the decision, guess what? You're, neither one of you are really going to like it. It's just not going to work out for you. You've got to get to the place where you're willing to go, hey, we can handle this. I can own up to my mistakes. And hopefully, you get to the place where you can own up to yours and you can settle these things without having to bring somebody in to deal with these things. So the two illustrations he gives us point us to worship cannot happen when our hearts are not right and we've got to settle our differences before it's too late. Guess what? We, he talked about in the characteristics. He talks about in other places that we're called to be peacemakers. And that's not always easy. That's not always something that we like to do. But oftentimes we have to, some uh, terminology that we've used uh, in different conversations here at the church is we've got to be above board. And we've got to make sure that we're doing what is right not necessarily what we want, but what is right so that we can make much of God in all that we do. Another scripture that points to this idea is Romans 12, 18. And it says this. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace 
with all men. If possible, you can't control what somebody else does. You can't do it. You cannot go and say, hey, you know what? I'm sorry. David, I'm sorry that I did that to you. I hope you accept my apology. I should not have done that. I should have handled this reaction this way. That's all that I can do. I can't make David accept it. I can't change his heart at all. All I can do is control my actions and take care of the things that God has told me are hindering my relationship with him. So it says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, if you can do it, do as much as you can, as much of it as depends on you, says, be at peace with all men. I'll be honest with you this morning. These verses aren't always easy to read for me. Because I don't always do a good job of dealing with people who have wronged me. I've gotten a lot better over the years. I got to trust and believe that that's God working in my life. I have no means perfect, so please do not hear that. But I struggle with this idea of the fact that I am supposed to be at peace with all people. I'm supposed to love everyone, even those that have hurt me. And if there's anything that I've done to cause issues in those relationships, I'm supposed to make it right. That's heavy. And I realize that. But the heavier part of this is if we don't do that, if we're not willing to do that, guess what? It affects your relationship with God. And that's where God brought me this week. It says, Josh, if you're not willing to do this, then you and I are not okay. You and I are not in the place that you want to be, the place that you pray for every week so that people will hear the message that I lay on your heart. You're not in that place if you're not willing to do those things because you can't say that you love me, but you don't love all of my creation. Do I agree with all of his creation? No. But that's not what he asked me to do. He just said, I ask you to love them because I created them, even if they're different from you. Even if they make choices that you don't like, you're still called to love them. And that's hard to do sometimes. Daniel Aiken said this in the commentary I read this week. It is absolute hypocrisy to say you are good with God and not good with others. It is absolute hypocrisy to say you're good with God and not good with others. I can't stand before you today and say that everything in my relationship with God is perfect. I'm not willing to do the things that Jesus commanded in this passage. And that was to go and make it right. Church, I realized this morning that Jesus took a simple command. Don't kill nobody. Don't murder anybody. And he put a depth to it that makes it really hard for us to follow. But for many of us, 
Not killing somebody may be an easy thing. Now you parents, I know, there have been times that the kids have tried that. I get it. Mine aren't perfect either. Yeah, they ain't perfect either. So, but that command ultimately may be one of those. Yeah, Josh, that's okay. I've, I've never wanted to kill somebody. I've never had that desire. But some of you that would say those very same things this morning, you cannot sit there and say, you know what? I have no anger with anybody in my life. And what Jesus is pointing out to us is that's hypocrisy. And what we got to understand in the context of this passage is he is fighting against hypocrisy with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, all the religious people of that day. He is fighting hard against what religion was telling people and what God wanted people to see. That everything that comes down to our relationship with God is a heart issue. And for our heart to be right with God, we've got to allow Him to have every little nook and cranny of it. Which means that we've got to do all the things that His Scripture says. And some of that's really, really hard to do. Because you know what? Some people make it really, really hard to love them. There's a lot of times in my life that I've been that person too. My parents could tell you stories. Pretty sure that I'd known they were going to have me that had stopped with my brother. I was the fun one. But for our hearts to be right with God, it can't just be one of those. Well, I can keep those ten. A lot of you would say the hardest one is uh, not lying. Bearing false witness about people. That's, that may be the hardest one, is trying not to tell a lie out of those ten. Sometimes it's honoring our father and mother. But in reality, is those laws go much deeper. They point to a deeper issue than just what the words on the page look like. And the church at that time had gotten so called up. The people who were following religion at that time, the ones that, that you would have said, hey, they're the Jews, they're, they're okay. They'd gotten so called up in just following the law. They just wanted to do the words right. And Jesus was saying there's so much more to these words than just a list of things you cannot do. It goes back to your intentions. It goes back to matters of the heart. And so this morning, church, I, I don't know what it is you're dealing with. If God's speaking to you, that's Him, that's not me, because I don't know what you brought into this room. But if you're anything like me, you've got to do some soul searching. If you're anything like me, there's, there's some time that needs to be spent making sure things are right, because so often we allow anger to become a bigger issue than it ever should have been because we won't let it go. So this morning, we're going to have an invitation. We're going to open up the altar. And I'm going to ask, I'm going to encourage you to deal with whatever it is that God is laying on your heart. You may say, hey, Josh, you know what? I can't, I can't kneel down there. I'll tell you, these steps are hard. But you may be saying, Josh, I can't come and kneel there. Come sit on the front pews. God will hear you wherever you are. 
But I'm telling you, church, he wants you to deal with what it is that's creating a divide, not just between you and somebody else, but what's creating a divide between you and him. Because we can't perfectly hear from him when we're divided with other people. We're not going to clearly hear from him when we're allowing other people to affect our relationship with him. So here in just a few moments, we're going to open up this altar. Some of you may just need to deal with some past hurts and pains. Some of you may need to pray for the courage to make a phone call this afternoon. Some of you may need to pray for the courage to go see somebody today or tomorrow at work and, and, and deal with the issues that you have. Some of you may need to pray for the courage to walk across the room and say, hey, you know what? I'm sorry for what I did. That's the reality of what we're dealing with. Sometimes it happens across the aisles. And today's the day to deal with that. Because we're not going to stand and let Satan divide this church and stop what it is that God wants to do here. Because God's going to keep showing us His Word and He's going to keep sharing His Word until we change to the people that God needs us to be to reach Molino and Cantonment and Pensacola and the rest of Florida, the rest of our country, the rest of the nations. He's going to keep hitting. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, the other five don't get any easier than today's. But today's challenge is that we've got to be right with Him so that He can work through us. Maybe today you need to say, hey, you know what, I'm not right with Him because I've never accepted that relationship. I would ask you to come. I'd love to talk to you about accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. I'd love for us to have that conversation. And it just takes a simple prayer of obedience to walk into that relationship. Maybe today you're, you're looking and going, hey, you know what? I've never followed. I've made that decision, but I've never followed in believer's baptism. And I want to do that. So here in a moment, when we offer that invitation, that'll be the time for you to come forward and do that. Maybe you're saying, hey, I want to be a part of what it is because I'm not settled. I need to find a place to grow in my relationship and worship on a consistent basis because right now, you know what? I've, I've kind of laid low. And I keep using the excuse that I'm hopping from one church to the other trying to find what it is I like. Trying to find what it is that suits me when I already know what it is that God wants me to do. So maybe today, God's telling you, you need to join Highland and be a part of the work that He is doing here. After I pray in just a few moments, we'll sing a hymn of invitation, and we're going to ask you all to come and do business with God. That's all I'm asking. It's just do business with Him. Because I want you to be right with Him. I want your heart to be right when you leave this place today. Let us pray. Father, I heard, I heard your message. Lord, and I continue to deal with that. Lord, there's people here who are listening to you. There are people here who are responding or, or, or trying to fight back from responding this morning. But Lord, what I want these people to understand is the place behind me, this altar, is a place of freedom. 
And this is a place where we can come and we can approach your throne and we can lay it all before you and you can carry those burdens for us. Lord, I don't know what it is that we've carried into this place, but God, I'm hopeful that you won't let us walk out these doors without dropping it here because we don't need it anymore. Help us to be at peace with all mankind so that we can be used by you. God, we praise you in advance for any movement that you make. And God, we give you the glory for your word because it's all yours anyways. We pray all of this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to the Highland Ministry Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you receive your podcast content. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.